Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, ladies. I hope you are doing amazing. Today, I'm diving into a Q&A episode, and this is actually a past recording. I am taking this recording from our spring detox that we did back in April and May. We ran a four-week spring detox program, and it was such an amazing program. Myself and Coach Lauren ran it for four weeks with an amazing group of women, and we dove into all things hormone health and skincare and nutrition and liver detox and all of the things over those four weeks. And every week I would go into the private Facebook group and I would do a live Q&A with all the women. And I thought, let's take that live video and turn it into a podcast episode because there are so many amazing questions that were asked. Things like essential oils for digestion, is cane sugar okay to use? What is the best way to manage psoriasis through nutrition? How can we support headaches and migraines naturally? How can we increase libido naturally? What else? I'm going through all the questions here. There's a lot. We talk about foods to support fibroids. We talk about herbal teas from David's Tea. I don't know if you've ever used or, or had their teas there before. They have some really delicious teas, but they also have a lot with artificial flavorings. Um, we had somebody in our group asking if it was okay to drink those. Um, we talk about digestion, digestive enzymes and bloating and cramps and bloating that can often sometimes happen from eating brassica vegetables, how to increase bowel movements if we're feeling constipated? Should we be soaking nuts and seeds before consuming them? Lots of amazing, juicy things that I'm diving into into this episode today. So keep in mind that this is a previous recording from the Facebook group. The audio may not be as as amazing as it normally is, or as I'm hoping it normally is, um, because I wasn't using my mic. I was just recording straight through my computer. And then, of course, you might be hearing me refer to certain things in the spring detox and, you know, mentioning some people's names and things like that. So just an FYI, as you're listening and you're going through it, you might be like, what? What is she talking about? Um, and also like reading questions that were popping up on the screen. So uh, just an FYI, as you're listening, you know, it's not going to be like a usual interview style but it definitely is a very valuable recording. And I think we went through something like 30 different questions in that Q&A and it was just about an hour long. So I think you're going to get a lot of value out of it. And you know, these are questions that we get all of the time. These are things that are probably top of your mind as well. And so I thought it'd be really valuable to dive into that today. So before we do, and before we head into all the amazing Q&A, I want to give a really big shout out to CanPrev. You know, they are one of our amazing podcast sponsors. I love them dearly. And they have just launched some really amazing products. They've launched a new line of liposomals and you might be like, what the heck are liposomals? So basically liposomal supplements are supplements where they've basically taken the ingredient 
And it's kind of in this bubble of phospholipids and phospholipids are the same stuff that our cell walls are made of. So what this does is it's it's really an amazing way to administer nutrients and unlike many supplements that sometimes don't get very readily absorbed, the absorption rate on this is incredibly high. And so I'm really excited for their new liposomals. I just got their vitamin C liposomal and their curcumin 100 liposomal. So really excited uh, to supplement with that. It's a very rapid and sustained release. So you get this rapid absorption into the cells, but there's also sustained release technology to it as well. They, um, they've just done a really good job here. The curcumin is a tangerine. I think this is, I can't remember which one I have. I think it's their tangerine one. And um, it's a tangerine peach flavor. And typically like liposomals, you know, they've been on the market for a really long time, but sort of the old way of making them is uh, not very tasty. I've got a, or I used to take a glutathione liposomal and it was just nasty. Like it was so disgusting. And, you know, when it really tastes that bad, it kind of discourages you from wanting to take it in the first place. So um, I was not very good at taking it because just the taste was so gross. So this new technology is really, really great. And now they can flavor it. And then I also do have their um, vitamin C. They have a magnesium liposomal that's coming out. They also have a coenzyme Q10 liposomal that will be coming out as well. And milk thistle, which is amazing because it's so awesome for liver detoxification and liver support. Um, so lots that's coming out. And right now the curcumin and the vitamin C is, is available. So wanted to share that with you. You can find CanPrev across Canada. It's These new liposomal forms are starting to come um, out across Canada. So you may not see them in all whole food stores just yet. And of course, you can search for them online, Healthy Planet or Nature Source or even Natural Nutrition. Um, those are some great sites that you can ser- uh, search up because not only do they obviously ship within Canada, but they do ship to the US as well. And um, I've taken GABA liposomal before. And like I said, the glutathione um, as well as vitamin C, but it's really cool to see some other ones like the curcumin and the magnesium and the milk thistle. Um, Those are coming out really soon. So keep your eyes peeled when you are doing your shopping. If you supplement with turmeric regularly, and curcumin is the active form in turmeric, FYI. So if you're supplementing with that regularly or vitamin C regularly or even magnesium, um, it might be worth switching and just trying the liposomal just because the absorption rate is is really, really high and um, definitely worth giving it a try. So definitely check that out. All right. So enough about that. Let's dive into our episode today. I really hope you enjoy this Q&A. And of course, if you have questions, don't hesitate to connect with me over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie. Ask me your questions and we can basically compile them all and put them together for a future episode. All right. Let's dive in. Hi. I think we're officially live. Let me pull up some of those questions and let's dive in. So if you have something to ask me, you know, right now as as we're going through this and I'm answering your questions and things come up, just go ahead and post them in the comment box. And yeah, uh, before we even kick off, I just want to say like you guys have basically made it almost through your first week, almost through your first week of your detox. So I really commend you and I'm so excited that you're all here and it really is just exciting to see your journeys 
and see what you're all going through and what you're eating and what you're posting. And I really, I really appreciate having you here. Um, Coach Lauren is so excited that you guys are here too. Um, and it's just great to be able to support you and to see, you know, you make change and transformation in your life. Um, and to be able to witness that is, is really an honor. So, so thank you so much for being with us. Okay. So I'm, I see a few questions here. So I'll dive into the first one. And that is, what are your thoughts on a whole food plant-based diet? Yeah. So plant-based nutrition is amazing. And I think that we should be including a lot of plants in our diet and having a variety of plants in our diet because there's so many phytonutrients in there and they there's so much great fiber in there. A lot of that is supporting our gut, which is so important. Uh, we want to be using essentially our diet as, as our multivitamin, right? That's what we really want to be using our diet for. That's why variety is so key and why we've tried to include a lot of variety and colorful ingredients and whatnot in, in your plan. Um, but specifically, if you're asking, you know, more so like, eating meat versus, you know, uh, you know, not eating meat, being more vegetarian or being more paleo. Ultimately, that's up to you. That's that's your decision and what makes sense for you and what helps your body thrive. We are all biochemically different and what will work for me won't necessarily work for everybody. Uh, being a nutritionist for 15 years now and being in just in the health and wellness space for over 20 years um, and working with thousands of people so closely you know, there's definitely been some issues that have been brought to my attention with those who are on a vegan diet, right? Because what happens is you're not getting enough of those saturated fats and those saturated fats are needed for your cholesterol, which is actually a good thing. And those saturated fats are also needed for your hormones. And so then what happens is if you're not getting enough of those saturated fats, you're not absorbing vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, vitamin K, those are really essential for thyroid health, immune health, insulin, so many things. Um, and also what happens is those fat-soluble vitamins build your bones and support your teeth. So if you're vegan, there's nothing wrong with that. But make sure either you're supplementing correctly, you are just on top of looking at any potential nutrient deficiencies so that you can address those appropriately. And then, um, you know, how do you feel? Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. How do you feel? I used to be vegan many, many years ago, and then I was vegetarian and started incorporating um, some more like eggs and chicken and things like that. And then I got to a point where I had a ton of digestive issues going on and I was not feeling well. And I had a lot of issues going on with my cycle. This is like back in my in my 20s and I just did not feel well. And so after doing testing and really learning more about my body and my hormones and everything, I started to include more meat and I've been eating meat ever since. And it's what helps me thrive. And so this isn't about judgment. This is about choosing what's right for your body and honoring that. Um, and at the same time, being very realistic about it, right? So if you, if you're hormones and your health is like in the dump, you know, and you just do not feel well, and you are trying to hold on to this one way of eating, perhaps it might not be the thing for you anymore. Our body changes over time, especially as we start to age. So let's really honor that and play around with it and do some trial and error so that we can do what's right for ourselves and and really feel alive and healthy and well. That's really what matters. So I'm all for a plant-based diet. And uh, again, it just comes down to what works for you. If you are eating 
animal products, I do suggest that you try and get pasture raised, organic, you know, uh, grass fed, ideally, that's going to be really, really important. Um, but variety is also important. Like I don't just eat animal products, I eat animal products, and I have plant based meals. So I go back and forth. And um, again, it's what works for me. And it's what allows me to thrive. Okay, so I hope that answers the question there. Um, hi, Lori, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce your name, right? Manumin? Manumin? I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, Amber, so nice to see all of you. Well, sort of. <laughs> you can see me. I can't see you. Okay. Amber is asking about essential oils for digestion other than Zengest, which yes, is my absolute favorite. I should have brought it here, but I have the roll-on. I use it literally every day. I use it after every meal and I always rub it on my stomach before I go to bed. It is my absolute favorite oil. Um, I read oregano oil is a goodie. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So oregano oil is also fantastic for digestion. You have to think about a, just like any oregano oil you would go buy at the health food store. It's the same thing with essential oils. It's it's an oregano oil, right? So it's going to um, kill certain bacteria and microbes and things like that. Um, that could be impairing digestion. And then, so you can rub that topically. Ginger and cardamom are my uh, absolute favorites for digestion. Also fennel. I really love fennel. So you could actually take these oils and rub them topically on your stomach. And you can ingest those. You can ingest fennel cardamom, ginger, and you can also ingest uh, peppermint, which is also really great for digestion too. And for somebody that might be dealing with like gas, uh, a lot of gas and bloating, it will be really great for that. So um, you could use those all internally and you can also use those topically. So uh, maybe you want to make your own little digestive blend and put a few drops of that into like a little 10 mil roller bottle, add in some fractionated coconut oil or like jojoba oil or sweet almond oil, something like that as a carrier, and then just like roll that over your stomach. And so topically will be really great to get it to the area where you're really feeling it. And um, what I like to do is make a digestion tea with ginger and with cardamom. So I just boil some water. I put one drop of ginger, one drop of cardamom essential oil and put it into your mug. Let it like dissolve. Like it has to dissipate because it sits on top of the water. And if you just drink it right away, it's like so strong. So give it some time and let it like dissipate and um, it will kind of like fall to the bottom of the mug and then you can drink that. And it's so good. It's so, so good if you have a lot of digestive issues going on. Uh, so those I really, really recommend. Um, but yeah, essential oils are so fantastic. And um, you can also ingest like even just putting a little drop of ginger under your tongue. Ginger's really hot. It might bring too much heat. So you might want to dilute that a little bit uh, or put it in an empty veggie cap and then take it that way. Peppermint. Sometimes I'll just put like a drop of peppermint on my, uh, my finger and like put on the roof of my mouth or something like that. So that can also be really helpful. Yeah. So uh, oils are really great. And I hope that helps answer the question, Amber. And uh, for anybody that is listening, because I often always get this question after the fact, uh, if you don't have a doTERRA account and you want to get started, you can just uh, get started with a wholesale account and then you can order your oils at wholesale. There's no monthly commitment. I think that confuses a lot of people. You don't have to order every month. Um, you can order whenever you want and then you can just get oils at wholesale, which is great. And so we have an amazing team. And when you order as a customer through me with doTERRA, uh, I hook you up with our three-week essential oil detox program. And so that will teach you how to use essential oils for healthy hormones, healthy skin, and a healthy home. 
home um, because I want you to use your oils and I don't just want them to sit on your shelf. So if anyone's interested, just don't hesitate to reach out or or, uh, tag me and let me know, okay? Um, Is organic cane sugar a decent substitute for sugar in recipes or is coconut sugar better? If so, why? Yeah, cane sugar can actually, um, it can really spike your blood sugar. So I don't recommend it actually. In fact, when I look at ingredients and products and I'm looking at the ingredient label, I actually try to avoid cane sugar as much as possible. Um, and there's been some research coming out recently too about cane sugar and digestion and like gut health. So, um, I would avoid it to be quite honest, even though it's organic. I mean, ultimately it will probably be a better source than just regular sugar, but coconut sugar would be even better because there's actually some nutrition in there and it's lower glycemic and it won't spike your blood sugar as much. Okay, Shayna, I think I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Shayna, Shayna. Um, if you're going to detox well, we need to sleep well, right? You discuss this in chapter seven of your book, but I would love to hear more on the effects of EMFs and light pollution on our hormones. What Changes seem to have the biggest impact for women. I use blackout shades or an eye mask. Will I mess myself up by blocking exposure to first morning light? I currently only sleep about six to six and a half hours a night, fall asleep easily, wake up naturally by four to 5 a.m. And I'm wanting to ensure adequate rest so my body can detox well. Yeah, okay, great question. So EMFs, um, electromagnetic frequencies, they, you know, it's not an area of my expertise per se, but it definitely starts to impact circadian rhythm and your circadian rhythm is uh, basically like your sleep and wake cycle, right? So when you expose yourself to natural light, that actually helps to communicate to your body that it's it's the day, it's daytime, and we're gonna, we're going to be energized and awake during this time. And as the sun sets, that uh, communication from the environment from outside can help to set your melatonin. So it's this sleep and wake cycle where it manages your cortisol, which will help you rise in the morning and then also give you that melatonin at night to help you sleep. And so EMFs do impact that cycle. Um, and they play a role in just kind of messing up circadian rhythm. Um, and that natural communication that we have to the environment. It also starts to impact the endocrine system, our, our hormone system, and impacting stress and cortisol and adrenals in a very big way, as well as the thyroid. Uh, the thyroid is a very sensitive area that takes on a lot of out exogenous, like outside, um, external toxicity. So something to be really conscious of. So this is why I don't have, I do not have my cell phone in my bedroom at night. Um, none of that, no TV, like nothing like that in our bedroom. Um, and we also like, we do have a clock in the bedroom, but we put like a t-shirt over it. So we don't see the light that comes from the clock. Our blinds are like pretty dark. They're not blackout blinds, but they are pretty dark. So it does block out the light. Um, so there's nothing wrong with having sleeping with a sleep mask and having blackout blinds. And when you do wake up naturally in the morning, take that off, go to your blinds, just open them right away so you can expose yourself to that light. Um, and then the next best step would be if you can actually get outside and expose yourself and like your, your eyes literally to the light, that would be the best thing. Um, And if you can't do that, it's all good. I mean, sometimes, especially in the winter months, and if it's like minus 20, who wants to like wake up in the morning and go step outside? Not me. I hate the cold. So, um, you know, 
at least opening up those blinds and exposing yourself to that light is going to be really, really great. And that's, that's basically what you want. So there's nothing wrong with having blackout blinds and sleeping with an eye mask is just make sure that when you do take that off, the first thing you're doing is, is letting the light in. So that's what I do. The first thing I do when I get out of bed in the morning is just open the curtains uh, and make sure everything is nice and bright in the house. And I've got that exposure. Um, so yeah, keep your cell phone out of your bedroom. No TVs in the bedroom. I don't recommend any of that. And um, if you do have to be on your phone or computer or you're maybe watching a movie or something at nighttime, what you can do is wear blue blocking glasses. So at least it is um, blocking out, uh, you know, that junk light, that blue light from the TV and your screens and things like that, because that starts to impact your melatonin and it will affect your sleep and your your sleep wake cycle. So um, if you can block out that light, um, you know, I do have blue blocking glass. I don't have them with me right now, but I, um, I, especially when I'm, it's a long day on the computer. Like I do wear them when I'm on the computer and yeah, just like those little, those little things throughout the day can be really, really helpful. And um, one of the best things you can do from sort of detoxing from EMFs, especially now we hear a lot about with like the 5G towers. And I mean, we have our cell phones with us all the time. We're with our computers everywhere we go. There's Wi-Fi. So, you know, there's so much exposure. Um, Getting outside and grounding yourself and actually putting like bare feet to the ground is um, a really great way to get those like negative ions and really detox the body. So, yeah, I hope I hope that helps answer the question. Best ways to manage psoriasis through nutrition and or supplements. Okay, so there's a few questions there. So best way to manage psoriasis, um, you know, psoriasis, there is an underlying autoimmune component to that, right? So I would want to look deeper at to specifically autoimmune and how you're managing and supporting the immune system. Um, gut health plays a really big role in that because your immune system lives in your gut. So if we want to support an autoimmune condition, we want to be supporting the gut. Okay, so great thing that you're here. And again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing your name right. Um, Manumin, but you know, supporting gut health is going to be amazing. And the fact that you're here and going through this detox and eating foods, that's going to be healing the gut and introducing some supplements to support digestion and gut health. You know, this is one of the best things that you can do to support psoriasis. So eating an anti-inflammatory diet, optimizing gut health um, with some specific nutrients, you know, things we mentioned here in the detox, that's going to be a really great way to manage your psoriasis. Typically, we think with any sort of skin conditions, it's something we should be like, you know, it's applying stuff topically and that can be helpful, um, but typically it's a it's a temporary relief. So we really want to be looking at the internal environment and what we can be doing internally to support external. OK, uh, best foods or ways to manage stress, anxiety and headaches, migraines. OK, so stress, anxiety. I mean, this could be a really long-winded uh, answer, so I'll try and keep it really short because, you know, stress and anxiety manifests very different for people. You know, some some of us are going through some personal family issues, you know, sometimes losing a family member or something like that is is going to, it's going to be stress, you know, it's going to lead to stress in our in our lives. And so, um, and these are natural things that we're all going to experience and all go through. So it's how well can you take care of yourself during those times, right? Um, so that's important. And what I mean by that is like, can you still focus on your sleep? Can you get outside in nature? Can you move your body? Can you hydrate? Can you eat an anti-inflammatory diet like we're doing here in the detox? These are all things that's going to manage your resiliency to stress. Um, so that's always really, really important. Outside of that, we need to look at how we respond to stress, right? 
How are you responding to stress? Are you uh, getting stressed and then reaching for food and sugar and chocolate and things like that? You know, are you getting like worked up and angry? Like, how are you processing the stress? This is why like downtime and self care and, you know, really working on like our emotional well being is really important and finding that time for you for perhaps to journal, um, perhaps therapy support, coaching support. Uh, this can all be very, very effective in helping us process emotions and, and just like work through things, right? We try to like do it all on our own and that often just doesn't get us anywhere. So it's getting that outside support, talking to somebody, therapy or coaching or something that could actually help you work through some of these internal things that is leading to stress and is leading to anxiety. So it's really how we respond and everybody responds um, differently. And at the end of the day, it all comes down to how can you best support your body during these times of stress? And the areas I always look at is the nutrition piece and the hydration and the sleep piece and that movement and the nature like that all plays a really big role. Okay. Um, it's so easy to be like, take this supplement and take this supplement. And I could, you know, like ashwagandha, uh, adrenal chill, which is ashwagandha and L-theanine from Canprev. Um, I actually have it here on my desk like you know this is one of my favorite products i love it i i love ashwagandha it's great for the thyroid it's really great for the adrenal glands it's great for anxiety um you know all those things but this isn't just going to be a magical thing that takes all of your stress away right this will help to nourish your adrenal glands as you're going through stress but it's how you are personally adapting and responding to the stress in your life, okay? Um, are you piling all kinds of things on your plate? Are you neglecting yourself? Are you neglecting your sleep? Are, you know, those are the things that we have to look at. Is there a conversation that you need to have with somebody and communicate something through to clear the air, but you're avoiding that? These are all things that build up and build up and build up, and then it lowers our resiliency to handle things in our life. So again, this is a great help but it doesn't fix the root cause, okay? Um, headaches and migraines, I mean, that could be uh, due to hydration. It could be to an underlying food intolerance that you might be dealing with. It could be where you are in your cycle and perhaps you're just getting triggered around ovulation or your period. Uh, there's a lot of things get, that could be leading to headaches and migraines. Um, there is an episode on the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast that we do talk about headaches and migraines. So can't remember what episode number it is, but that would be a really good one to, to dive into. Uh, how to increase libido. Yeah. So libido is again, like, let's look at the root causes here. So stress, you know, what is going on in your life and the stress that, uh, because of course, if we got lots of stress going on and we go to work, and we have this busy day and we hate our boss and all this stuff and our, you know, workload is piling up and then we come home and we have to deal with kids and we have to make dinner, all these things. The, the, like what's left at the end of the day, right? So of course, like wanting to, you know, get in bed with your partner is probably like one of those is one of the last things that's on your mind because you're just so freaking exhausted. So it really does, again, come down to how are we, uh, how are we responding to the stressors in our life? Are we taking time for ourselves so that we could, um, you know, so we have time to nurture our emotional and psychological well-being, right? To find joy in our lives, to find that peace and to find that harmony within ourselves because the more you are, you find that, the better it is for you to give to others. And I know for myself, like when I'm in a super stressed state, like the last thing I wanna do, I'm like, I don't wanna get jiggy with my partner. I'm just tired. I just wanna go to bed, right? But 
the more I could move my body and support my nutrition and take that time for me and to do the things that are important for me and that unleash my creative energy in my life, chatting with my girlfriends, like these are all things that fill me up, that fill my cup. And when I feel fulfilled that way, I have so much more to give to my partner. Um, so libido, again, just like anything, we could say like, sure, maybe you have to look at your testosterone. That will play a role for sure. Estrogen and progesterone, your sex hormones, those will play a role in your libido. Of course they will. Hormones play a really big role here and they could be very, very low. This is why we recommend Dutch testing so that you can really understand and get the data about what's going on with your hormones. And then we can really address that specifically with a strategic protocol specific for you. And that will help. Um, but outside of those things and the supplement piece, it's the other stuff as well. How are you filling your cup? Um, also libido, you know, something else is really important here is like your sexual energy within, within yourself, right? How are you nurturing your sexual energy and Are you maybe taking time to pleasure yourself and maybe not even physically, but what does pleasure mean to you? And do you have that pleasure in your life? Um, Because the more you do, then the more you're going to want to seek that sexual pleasure as well. Okay. So I think that sometimes we think about it's like libido and sexual energy is just like that connection with our partner, which plays a really huge role, of course, but it's also with ourselves. How are you pleasuring yourself? Do you take time for you? Do you take time to understand your body? Um, You know, literally like touching yourself, being connected to yourself, like that's connecting to your feminine energy. And the more you can connect to that feminine energy, it's going to allow you to connect better to your partner too. Okay. Um, I love that you're having a live Q and a, will you be having more? Yes, absolutely. Thanks. And I plan on coming in here weekly over the four weeks. Okay. Amber says, awesome. Thanks. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Rachel chemo tanks, my thyroid and aromatase inhibitors have me in chemical menopause. How can I lose the weight I've gained in the last year and deal with menopause symptoms? I still don't have the energy to cook much or get enough movement in. Hopefully that changes soon. Yeah. Okay. Rachel, thanks so much for sharing that. And, um, You know, this is where I don't want you to be going on Dr. Google trying to find the, you know, quickest fat, like the fad diet and thing for you to do to lose weight. Um, There's a strategy that's involved with losing weight. You know, this is what I've been doing in my practice for 15 years. Um, And it's what we do with all of our clients. We have amazing weight loss success stories. And the reason that is, is because we're working with people on their own personal level. Everybody is so biochemically different. So when we're working with clients in our weight loss program, we are doing a metabolic panel and we're testing you know, lipids and we're looking at cholesterol, we're looking at thyroid, we're looking at inflammation and marker, like inflammatory markers, we're looking at liver detox enzymes, plus we're running the Dutch test so we can look at sex hormones, adrenals, um, and your cortisol production, how you're uh, detoxing and methylating these hormones. We are getting the data And then we take that data and create a customized protocol for you that's going to address all these pieces. And it's also going to address that insulin piece as well, because the insulin is such a big piece when it comes to weight loss. So, you know, 
don't, like I was saying, don't just go on Dr. Google trying to find the latest thing or the quickest way to lose weight because that's not the approach and that's not going to be sustainable. So I would definitely recommend learning more about our weight loss program. And, you know, you can fill out the application and connect with my team and, and talk with Lauren and learn more about that program if that's something you're interested in. But really that customized and personalized approach is really going to help help you achieve those weight loss goals in a more sustainable way with longevity. And, um, and, and that's what matters most, right? So, um, that's really, you know, what I would say when it comes to weight loss, just being in this detox alone and eating an anti-inflammatory diet will help support the body with weight loss in a really big way. You know, some of you might go through these four weeks and actually find that you're losing some weight. Um, and, and others maybe not. And, there's varying factors as to why somebody is losing quickly and somebody is not, right? Your thyroid plays a really big role. Your thyroid governs the metabolism in your body. Estrogen and progesterone play a really big role with, with fat loss. Your adrenals and your cortisol and what's going on there with any uh, adrenal dysfunction is going to play a really big role. When you have all this data, you can make more strategic steps forward to really healing those things because weight is a symptom. Weight is a symptom of something else going on in the body. So let's look at all these underlying factors and nutrient deficiencies and hormone deficiencies and address that plus strategize the meal plan specific to you. And now we have a really great approach for weight loss. Okay. And uh, wait, did I miss another part of your question here? So how can I lose the weight that I've gained and then deal with menopause symptoms? Yeah. So again, with menopause, definitely I recommend Dutch testing because then we can really see like hormonally and from an adrenal perspective, what really needs to be supported. Um, but being here in this detox alone will really help support that. So when it comes to menopause specifically, obviously there's hormone decline that's happening. So we want to be looking at number one, how can we best support our hormones, sleep, hydration, nutrition, cutting out gluten, dairy, and sugar. Okay. Those are going to be the big, big things for sure. Um, movement, not high intensity, not something that's stressful, but more of that parasympathetic exercise, yoga, Pilates, bar, walking, you know, this is the time in your life where, um, specifically with menopause, you know, we get to this state, this state as we start to age and it's like all these accumulated years start to add up all of the stress and all of perhaps those like poor choices and the dietary choices and, you know, all the, the neglecting ourselves, it adds up and we hit on our, you know, mid forties and fifties. And, and it's just like, bam, we wake up and it's like, holy, I feel like I got hit by it by a truck. Like what just happened? My body transformed, my body changed, all these symptoms came on. And so this is why that self-care piece, especially as we head into our, our late forties and our fifties is so important. Um, and nutrition matters a lot here. Our body can't handle sugar the way that it did in our twenties and our thirties. As we start to age, those insulin receptors start to change a lot. And so we actually can't really metabolize a lot of that sugar the way that we once used to. And insulin is a fat storing hormone. Cortisol is a fat storing hormone. So we really want to address the cortisol, the stress piece, as well as that insulin blood sugar piece. Okay. So that will give you, uh, I hope that gives you a little bit of insight there, Rachel. And then, um, you know, Lauren, actually, you could probably share the link if you want to share the link to the application for anybody that might want to learn more and, and dive in a little bit deeper and just have a conversation with you. You can definitely put that there. 
Uh, Lauren's saying we have a few questions from Megan and Teresa on the IUD and weight gain or weight gain after the IUD has been removed. Yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming that for uh, you ladies, you're probably referring to the hormonal IUD and the hormonal IUD, uh, Marina is often what it's called. Um, so it's, it's hormonal, right? You're taking in synthetic hormones. And what happens is when we take synthetic hormones, essentially our ovaries kind of shut down and our ovaries in a way become lazy because they're like, well, I don't need to produce estrogen and progesterone. I'm taking in these synthetic hormones that are doing the job for me. So when those synthetic hormones come into the body, it's very likely that symptoms are going to arise, changes in with your cycle, with your period, with cramping, with heavy bleeding, headaches, migraines, that's going to happen. Some gut dysbiosis might happen and weight gain. Okay. So exogenous hormones coming into the body can absolutely lead to weight gain. And then when you come off of the IUD, now you're in this place where those synthetic hormones are taken away. And now your ovaries and your body is like, where did those hormones go? Like they've got to kickstart up again and they got to get working again. And it's a stressor. It's a stressor to the body. And as your body is trying to find its equilibrium again, again, what might arise is some symptoms. And one of those symptoms is, is waking. So this is, so what I recommend is I always recommend the Dutch test because testing your hormones just gives you so much data about what's going on. And then you can really strategize. So specifically with any birth control um, or IUD, I recommend that you be off of it for at least three months before you go and test your hormones uh, because you want to work on getting at least detoxing out some of that synthetic hormones out of the body so that you can test more appropriately and get a uh, more of a clear picture. Um, so it definitely happens. And again, this is where your nutrition, your hydration, your movement, your sleep, your stress, all of this matters across the board, no matter what somebody is going through. As you can see, you know, I've mentioned that many times uh, during this live Q&A and how that matters so much. And when you're doing all of those things and you're like, okay, I feel like I'm doing all the right things, but nothing is budging. This is where it might be time to dive in deeper and be like, okay, you know what? Let's look at thyroid um, and run a full thyroid panel and make sure everything is okay there. Let's, let's do a Dutch test and actually look at sex hormones and adrenal function and see what's going on there. So when you're at that point where you're like, I feel like I've been doing it all and I'm doing it really well, nothing is working for me. Now let's move to that next step of testing and really gathering that data so we can make some more strategic choices. I hope that answers the question. Oh, electrolytes have changed my world for headaches and anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great, Lori. Thanks for sharing that. Electrolytes um, play play a really big role with adrenal health, heart health, um, your energy, all of it. So especially if you're like sweating a lot, you're moving your body a lot. And even if you're not hydrating enough, then, you know, we can really deplete those electrolytes. So um, yeah, that's that's a really good point. So also salting your food. I love real salt, Redmond real salt, because it has a lot of trace minerals in there. Don't avoid salt, like heart health, your heart needs salt. It can't pump effectively without like sodium and potassium. So some coconut water could be helpful, um, especially if there's a lot of underlying adrenal dysfunction going on. You guys should tune in to, I can't remember the episode number, but I talked about the adrenal cocktail on my podcast. I will share the link and that could be a really good cocktail for some of you to make um, if there's lots of stress going on so you can make sure you're getting in those minerals and those electrolytes and that will uh, that will definitely help with headaches and migraines for sure. 
Uh, Dutch testing is mind blowing, total game changer. Yes, Lori, it totally is. I know I love it so much. And um, it, it is really, really helpful. Cynthia, best food supplements for skin and hair. Yeah, so omega-3s are amazing. I love omega-3s because essentially these are your anti-inflammatory healthy omegas that support your heart, that support your brain health. Um, They lubricate your joints. They're supportive for gut health, like all of that. Like it's very anti-inflammatory for the body. Uh, So I love omega-3s. And what happens is they're basically lubricating your skin from the inside out. So if there's some skin issues going on, um, even with hair as well, you want to make sure you're getting those anti-inflammatory oils in, those omega-3 fish oils primarily, and that's really going to support skin health. Um, so that's number one, especially if you find you have a lot of dry skin, omega-3s can really um, have quite a profound difference with dry skin. And then hydration, that's going to be really important is hydrating. So for everybody in this detox, I recommend that you're drinking at least three liters of water a day. Okay. Three liters. Measure it. Do what you need to do. Go buy a pretty water bottle, whatever it is that you can measure three liters a day. And I don't have my water here with me right now. And I'm talking so much and my throat is so dry. I have a little bit of my smoothie. So if you guys don't mind, I'm just going to take a quick sip. Okay, that totally helped. I was like super dry and I'm like, I left it in my my water in my kitchen. Okay, Um, and just a random aside here, what I love to do is I will squeeze like half of a lemon into, like I I drink out of a big like one liter mason jar. I think it's one liter um, or 750 mils, something like that. And um, I squeeze one whole, uh, either half a lemon or sometimes a whole lemon into my water and I'll use like, one little drop of the stevia, the now stevia. I think I shared this in the class on Monday and that one is alcohol free. It's just glycerin. And, um, I put one little drop in there and I just stir that up and I kind of make like my own little lemonade and it is delicious. It's so, so good. So just as an FYI. Um, okay. And then hair health, you know, things like Thyroid plays a really big role with hair health. So if you find you're losing hair or hair is really brittle and breaking off a lot, then I would definitely look at thyroid and make sure everything is optimized there. Protein intake plays a really big role with hair growth. And um, so something else to to consider, make sure you're getting in enough protein at every single meal. And then um, iron, iron levels are gonna be really important as well. They will help with hair growth as well and stimulating new hair growth. So um, if your iron levels are low, that might be something to test looking at your ferritin levels. Um, That could be really helpful. So those three things, thyroid, protein, and iron, those, those all play a really big role. So um, making sure those are optimized and maybe you might need to like go do some lab work just to see where your iron levels are at before you supplement with it. Um, and that can be really helpful. I do have an episode on my podcast. I should totally be writing these down so I can go and um, share the links with you guys. What episodes did I say? Okay. Adrenal cocktail, hair. There is an episode on the healthy hormones for women podcast about healthy hair and hair growth and hair loss. And that's a really good one to listen to. So if you haven't tuned into that one, there's some really great tips and strategies. So I will share that link with you um, and you can definitely dive in deeper. Um, Okay, what else? Teresa, my IUD is Kylina. Okay, I'm not familiar with that one, but I'm assuming it's the hormonal one. Um, 
Okay, perfect. Lauren, thanks so much for putting the link there. I'm from Angie. I love herbal teas and occasionally drink David's tea. It's like dessert. I know. The problem is the ones I like have artificial flavorings. I know it's the same with me. I used to drink it back in the day and then I realized, oh my God, there's a lot of artificial flavors in here. How bad are these artificial flavors? Are they okay? Occasionally, should they be eliminated for the detox? Yeah. You know what? I would eliminate them during your detox right now because, sorry, I have like a raspberry seed in my mouth from drinking my smoothie. We don't know how we're reacting to things until we eliminate them. So it'd be really interesting to do this experiment and eliminate them over these four weeks and then go ahead and reintroduce them and see, like pay attention. Once you reintroduce them, how do you feel? Did a symptom show up? Did you get a headache off of that? You know, does your digestion feel a little bit off? I would definitely eliminate them and then go ahead and slowly reintroduce them and pay attention to any symptoms arise. Artificial flavorings, yeah, I mean, essentially they're they're toxic, right? Your liver is going to have to work really hard to break those down. A lot of the David teas do have like artificial sweeteners as well and some added sugars. So again, we want to be conscious of our sugar intake and avoiding that. So those are some things to pay attention to. Um, no, they're not serving your health in the best way. I always think it's like what you do most of the time is what counts the most. If you're just going to have that one off, you know, every now and again, like that's not going to have the biggest impact on your health. However, like I said, it would be really interesting to see what happens when you eliminate them for four weeks and then reintroduce it and see if any symptoms arise. From Laura, what foods should you not eat if you have fibroids? Is a marine collagen okay to take? I heard they make your fibroids grow. Also, I believe I eat a clean diet. However, working from home during COVID, I've gained 15 pounds. Mm, Chips are my weakness. I constantly crave salty snacks. What can I substitute them for? Yeah, okay. So um, salt, if you're craving a lot of salt, that's often an underlying adrenal issue going on. So your adrenals probably need some support there. So it's not necessarily like, what can I replace the food with? It's like, let's look at the root of why those cravings are happening in the first place and then support that, right? So adrenals probably need some some support there. So I would do that and look into that. Um, but like salty things, make sure you're just salting your food in general, using a good quality sea salt. In terms of chips, like I do love chips. Uh, I don't eat them often, but I love siete. I like the grain-free chips. There's actually so many great options now on the market that are gluten-free and grain-free and made with just like really simple, clean ingredients and none of these like weird artificial sweeteners and sugars and all this stuff in there. So, you know, you could definitely try try some of those and those could be a good swap. And um, seaweed snacks, I love seaweed snacks. You're gonna get some great iodine to support your thyroid, which is gonna be fantastic. And then, uh, and they taste really good and they've got that crunch to them. So I absolutely love them. I, I like I like to have those every now and again. And yeah, so adrenals for sure, salting your food and um, some of those other alternatives could be really great. Uh, fibroids, really, it does come down to an anti-inflammatory diet. So like gluten, dairy, sugar are always the biggest culprits that you wanna be conscious of. Um, and there is a really great episode on fibroids on the podcast. So I will share that with you because then you can get like way deeper into all of the info uh, information there. So I'll be sure to share that with you. I am not sure about collagen and fibroids. I, I have not heard the connection there between collagen and fibroids and how that how that um, is interconnected. 
So I'd have to do some research on that. So I don't have an answer for you on that one. But, you know, typically what makes things grow in the body is estrogen. So when we have high amounts of estrogen, it's very proliferative. It can make things grow. And this is what can lead to cysts and fibroids. So we, so doing a Dutch test for sure would be helpful in your case, because then we can see what does your overall estrogen look like? And are you producing too much of that unhealthy estrogen? And if so, let's detox that out of the body. And that's going to have a really profound impact on your fibroids. So estrogen does play a really big role there. Um, but I'm not sure about the collagen piece. So um, thanks for bringing that to my attention. I'll have to do some research on that. But I will share the fibroids episode. So adrenal cocktail episode, hair health episode, fibroids. I feel like there's another episode I said I would share with you guys. Let me know. Let me know. <laughs> and then I can share it. Sharla, does that lemon water cause any tooth sensitivity for you? You know what? No, it doesn't. Some people will be sensitive. Some people will be more sensitive. And if you are, you might want to avoid the lemon water or just not have it every day. Or um, maybe you want to have a little bit of apple cider vinegar instead. Um, Not that you would want to make an apple cider vinegar lemonade (laughs) because it's probably not very tasty. But the benefits of having lemon water to stimulate hydrochloric acid and support digestion the, the other option is to, you know, make a little bit of warm water and put like a tablespoon or half a tablespoon of some apple cider vinegar in there and drink that first thing in the morning. And that's going to do the same thing. Or you can do both. You can do a bit of lemon and apple cider vinegar together. So, um, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it, but some people might be a little bit sensitive. And if you do have, um, like any dental issues going on, then perhaps you might want to be conscious of, of not overdoing it with, with the citrus for your teeth. Teresa said yes, but the lowest. And I think what you mean by that is your IUD. Okay. I think that's what you're referring to. Sharla, should we soak raw nuts before eating them? And if so, how? Uh, You can. If you find that you have a lot of digestive issues with eating them raw, then by all means, go ahead and soak them. Um, You literally just soak them for anywhere from like two to four hours. That's it. You don't have to do it. But again, if you find you do have a lot of underlying digestive issues, soak them for a couple hours and that can be helpful. Uh, you literally just soak them in water and then discard the water. Don't do any, don't drink that water, discard the water and then go ahead and eat and eat the nuts. Um, let's see here from Teresa. Okay. We, I will have to hop off at noon. So whichever questions I don't get to, I will get to them next time. Okay. Um, and keep the questions coming, whatever comes to mind, keep posting them. And I think I'll have to double check the schedule, but I think maybe next Friday I'll hop on again, but I will keep you guys posted on that next date. From Teresa, I'm having trouble digesting some of the Brassica family, especially Brussels sprouts. I've been feeling bloated at night. I'm taking digestive enzymes. Anything else that help? I love sprouts. I find kale in a smoothie doesn't bother me. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know how you're cooking the Brussels sprouts, Um but yeah, that just might be one food that's just not really agreeing with you right now. So you might have to temporarily just eliminate it so you can give your digestion a little bit of relief. Um, often it's the foods we love the most that we react to, unfortunately. So you might just want to temporarily take them out if, you, if you're finding it's really hard on your stomach. And then as you work on more healing of the digestion and giving it a break, um, including some L-glutamine to heal the lining of the gut, including those bitters or digestive enzymes. Do that for a few weeks and then slowly reintroduce those Brussels sprouts and see how and see how you do with it. Um, so 
definitely eating brassica veggies raw is an issue for a lot of people. It's really hard to break down. So I do recommend like steaming or roasting or sauteing them, like having them cooked and also having them warm um, could be very helpful. So if you're finding you have a lot of digestive distress with them. Um, also, it could just be the quantity, maybe just not eating. I'm not sure how much you're eating, but maybe just having a little bit less than what you're used to and really focusing on chewing, being slow, not rushing and really focusing on that chewing could, could be really important. So uh, that's what I would suggest there. Um, I find that I'm still having a little trouble going to the bathroom more than once a day. I was drinking a green smoothie every morning after I worked out. I find it did help. Can I can continue doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, do what works for you. And if you find that that's, that that's been helping you by all means, magnesium citrate is going to be really important for bowel health. So if you find that you are backed up, like if at least if you're going once a day, and it's a it's a healthy poop. Like I think we posted up the Bristol uh, poop chart um, that shows you like what you want your stool to look like. As long as it's a healthy looking stool and you're eliminating effectively, then great. If it's um, too watery and whatnot, like then that's not a good sign, right? Um, so that's what that's what we want to be looking at. So at least if you're going once a day, like that's good. Um, but things like um, you know, increasing just your fiber intake overall and then increasing your water intake will be really important, getting that three liters in. And then also um, uh, the magnesium citrate. So supplementing with some magnesium citrate, maybe starting around 200 milligrams, see how that helps with, with you know, bowel movements. And then if not, maybe you need to bump it up a little bit to like 400 milligrams and you just kind of keep bumping it up until you find like that sweet spot and it's helping you go to the bathroom. So people are very deficient in magnesium. Very, 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 very deficient. So if you find that you're very constipated, magnesium can literally be a lifesaver for you. Um, from Lisa, I have also had bloating and cramps from spinach and Brussels sprouts. Does enzymes help with that or bitters? Yeah, so they're very similar but not. <laughs> um, they kind of do the same thing in a sense. I mean, digestive enzymes are giving you what's called your protease, your lipase, and your amylase. It's helping you to break down your um, carbs, fats, and protein so you can digest it more effectively. Some digestive enzymes contain like HCL, hydrochloric acids. So if you find like you're having a lot of heartburn or indigestion and things like that, um, that could be helpful. Um, so that's what enzymes are doing. And bitters like are essentially kind of doing the same thing, but it's more herbs. It's very, very bitter herbs. It will help to more naturally stimulate your hydrochloric acid um, and also help with that breakdown of your carbs, your fats, and your proteins. So I love bitters. I just love the taste of bitter. Like I'm, I'm, I love rapini. I could just eat it every day. And some people are like, that's crazy. Like it's so bitter. And I, I just love it. I just love the taste of it. Um, but again, if you are finding like something like spinach and Brussels sprouts, it just might mean temporarily those are foods you might have to take out or swap for something else or eat a little bit less of them. Focus on the chewing and really breaking it down, um, taking your enzymes or your bitters with your meals and then working more on that gut healing support like the L-glutamine. Um, which is really great for healing the gut. 
you know, things like that, as you repair and support and optimize the gut and probiotics and sauerkraut and, you know, uh, things like that, fermented foods, as you work on that and you heal the gut, you can find you'll be better able to digest things. Um, so uh, it just means temporarily those might be foods that aren't really agreeing with you. That's okay. And just take them out or replace them with something else and then slowly reintroduce them over time. We had a few questions about loose stools that started while on the detox. Um, yeah, I mean, it could be for numerous reasons, you know, trying new things, trying new foods, trying new supplements. Um, sometimes that happens. It's obviously something we don't want to be happening like ongoing and all of the time. Um, and if that's the case, again, like looking at things like your fiber intake, um, stress, stress can be a big one here for, um, loose stools and, um, uh, like that nervousness and that anxiety. And then you're just like, constantly going to the bathroom. Electrolytes are going to be really important for sure if you find that you have loose stools. Yeah, and I I I would just again pay attention to that, keep us posted with that. There's no food here that we're recommending that's like really strange or weird, you know, we're not doing any like intense protocols or anything like that or real like deep dive into like parasites or bacteria. Like we're not really do we're not doing any of that here. We're literally just cleaning up the diet with some healthy foods and incorporating some really great uh, gut and digestive support. So it just might mean that there are some foods you might be a little bit sensitive to. Everybody's going to be different. And that could potentially causing you to, to be having some loose stools. Whew, okay. I made it through all the questions, I think. Um, if there's anything I missed, you can tag myself or tag Lauren. Um, I will keep you posted for next week's Q&A. Keep the questions coming. Thank you so much for being with me today. I hope you have an amazing Friday and an amazing weekend. Keep us posted with everything that you are, that you're doing. And before we go, everybody, it's Lauren's birthday today. So send her lots of birthday love today. We hope you have an amazing day, an amazing weekend, Lauren. Thanks so much for taking the time to even be with us today, Lauren. I really appreciate it. Go enjoy your day and make the best of it. And thanks so much for being here with us. All right. Thanks, everybody. And I really hope you enjoyed it. And I know it was long. It's 55 minutes. So yeah, I hope that answered some of your questions and gave you some insight. And yeah, we're here to support you. And thanks for being with me today. And yes, go send Lauren some birthday love. I love that. All right, everyone. Thank you so much, ladies, for tuning in today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you found it valuable. And hopefully there were some questions that I dove into today that have been top of mind for you. And if there are women in your life that you know can benefit from this episode, please share it. And if you do share it over on Instagram, be sure to tag me at Holistic Wellness Foodie and take one extra step further that I would greatly appreciate going over to your podcast platform that you love listening to us on, whether that's Spotify, or Apple, maybe it's Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review so that we can reach more women globally and support them with their health and hormones. Thanks for being with me today. I will chat with you all next week. Take care. Bye.